Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. My name is Tobias Lam, 35 years old from Germany, married and uh, since end of last year, proud father. Since 2017, I work in China as the production manager for a German manufacturer of precision tools for the textile industry. How did I end up in China? Well, it started already during my industrial engineering studies that I was interested in China. On one hand, for obvious reasons like the economic development. But on the other hand, I was especially lucky to build friendships with Chinese exchange students that last until today. Only by that, I got also the chance to be introduced to the cultural side before even going to China. My first on-the-ground experience in China was 2010 when I spent one month in Qingdao as a part of a summer university program. And just one year later, I did a half-year internship for a small Canadian contract manufacturer. After that, there was always the temptation to come back to China. End of 2015, I was lucky to find my current employer, which was looking to send someone to their factory in China. After a short one-year pit stop at their Portuguese site, finally in 2017, I came to China. I'm in Yantai, Shandong province, and it's already my second home. Time flies fast, especially in China. So looking back at the roughly four and a half years, I can clearly say that I got opportunities as well as challenges that I would have never have had the chance to experience in such a short time back in Germany. The special thing is that these challenges appear not only on the job. In the company, you face the challenges, how to lead your team, pushing production metrics, dealing with the local authorities, China's fast pace in changing laws and regulations and so on. But of course, also in private, there are new and exciting things to discover, as the daily life looks quite different than back home. From my own experience, I would even say that living in a second-tier city like Yantai exposes one even more to the extremes of these situations, but in a good way, of course. I think, especially for young graduates, these smaller cities offer great possibilities to learn and to grow when coming to China. Tobias, welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. You just shared with us how you came to China and how you also were able to take up responsibility quite early. But how did the other people see this? And what were your biggest challenges when you came to China as a young expert, as a leader? One of the first challenges besides the different culture was for sure to convince the local staff that this young guy from Germany knows what he's talking about. By that I mean in the production environment, you have to know the machines, the product and be prepared that they will test you. And right so, I mean, many of them work 10 years already in the company and they know what they're talking about. In most cases in such a position, it's not common to get a long onboarding phase, but it's really expected that you are ready more or less right from the start. One of the important things up front for me was having a good connection and a regular exchange with my predecessor to come with a clear idea about the current shop floor topics and the development of the production metrics and so on. Being prepared on the technical side was also important as it was my first job where I had staff responsibility and literally going from zero to 100. And I think this is still often the case for young experts who are sent by the headquarters to China. This approach helped me personally to come with a clear idea where to put my priorities and help my new team right from the start. We could work towards our goals of pushing the efficiency, building up new production lines, and at the same time to work on their personal development. But which challenges did you encounter as a leader that if you knew them, you know, what you know now, how could you have avoided them? There were and 
there are still many challenges. I don't think you can avoid them altogether, but minimize for sure. Some of my challenges still go back to the cultural side, I would say, and might even sound cliche, but nevertheless, they are different to deal with in a cultural training course than it's in the actual situation. For example, the um, importance of quantity and relationships was, of course, clear right from the start. Then again, my brain is wired in the German way that facts come first and decisions are made based on the facts. Now I still think facts come first, but setting up a good relationship before decisions have to be made also helps to smoothen the process. For me personally, that meant not just to spend time on the shop floor by checking the machines and the product, but also to check in with my management team and machine operators on a personal level. Like in every leadership position, you have to make uncomfortable decisions from time to time. And then you will also need these relationships to make the decisions accepted, followed, and also executed on the shop floor. And this is not only important inside the factory. Also with the local government offices, it's always good to know someone. Not to cut corners, but to stay informed on current development. The speed in which some regulations change in China is considerably faster than we are used to it in Europe. It's not uncommon that new regulations are published just a few, a few weeks earlier before they will be effective, with the expectation to be implemented 100% without exception. In my experience, that happens especially with regulations on a province level or lower. Another challenge, not only as a leader, but in general in the position as an expert, is to be the man in the middle between the local entity and headquarters. What very often happens is that you have to function as a mediator in both directions. There are projects and decisions that have to be implemented due to the overall group strategy that might not always seem logical to the local team. And at the same time, there are local conditions that force you and sometimes also allow you to do things differently than expected from headquarters, but which make perfectly sense to reach the goal. How to prepare for that? It's difficult to answer exactly. But in general, I would say stay open-minded and try to look at it from the other guy's perspective so you can explain it in a way that both sides are able to understand. At the same time, be prepared that there's not always consent in the end. This is, I think, is really important. Uh, you have to build the relationships and you also have to understand how your team would solve the problems their own way. But how do you recruit your team and how do you get them to stay and grow? It's much more common to change jobs in China than we know it from Germany. That's why we mainly try to hire local talent, meaning people who have their roots in the region or are settled here already for some time. Now, here in Yantai, we so far also have the advantage of being one of a few European companies. This is still an appeal to many because, for example, we stand for stability and reliability. For candidates on the management level, that also means the possibility of growth by working in an international environment. Often people on this level also cherish that we do not follow the idea of the so-called nine to nine, six days a week working model in China. And still we can pay on a competitive level. On the machine operator level, it already gets more difficult to make them stay long term. Many of the younger generations are not really looking forward to work in a classical factory environment where your hands get dirty. And then, of course, there's also the economic burden they have to shoulder. Paying crazy prices for apartments, sending their kids to a good school, paying for private after-school lessons, taking care of their own parents, and if possible, of course, also drive their own car. Important here is, of course, a competitive salary, but also the stability and reliability. 
for some companies in the production environment here, it's, it's quite common to send their workers home from one day to the other because they suddenly have to stop a production line. That's something we try to avoid as much as possible. I understand how you try to get your team to stay and It's also really nice to, to get you to explain this in such a detailed way. If you have the choice, what is the most important trait or skill you look for when you hire? Of course, we hire for skills. No question about it. But very important is also the candidate's character and willingness to put in effort into their own development. Like many technical-driven companies, the initial training phase can be quite long. We are looking for candidates who have the persistence and also the willingness to learn something new. And if you go from the individual contributor to the team, how do you measure performance in both your complete organization and also in separate teams? I mean, on the shop floor level, this can be answered straightforward. We look at the production metrics, quality figures, machine efficiency, production costs, qualification level of the machine operators and so on. And in my team, naturally, we also look on these figures first. But on an individual level, I also have to look at their capability to work on projects by themselves and how they manage their area. Let's say we have a new hire who never worked before in an international company. Now she finished her first project in a collaboration with the headquarters in Germany successfully. That's, that's a step forward for her, but also for us as an organization as we are not only dependent on the experts in the future to work with the headquarter. Well, this is a very good topic, that you don't need the experts for the future, because you have guys like you, right, Tobias? So how do you differentiate as a flexpat with still a typically higher salary and benefits? And what extra skills do you bring to the table? And please don't bullshit here. I really want to know, what do you think you can do better than the average Chinese engineer or leader? That's a very important question, as the skill level in China increased significantly, especially in the so-called first-tier cities like Beijing and Shanghai. What I personally observe is that the technical skills become more and more a given. Therefore, it's, it's getting also more difficult to differentiate just by that. What we can bring to the table is, is the important feature that we can be the bridge to the headquarter in the home country because we know how they think, what's the expectation there. When looking from the perspective of a Chinese company with their market, for example, somewhere in Europe, then your advantage is to be the guy who has the insights how the market in your home country works. I totally agree with that. And also, we are both Germans. Most German leaders that I know, they are more on the operation management side, while I am I'm a sales guy, a leadership guy. But today we have a leadership episode. So how would you describe your leadership style? I try to help grow people by making them self-responsible and help them to build trust in their ability to make informed decisions on their own. What I do is to teach them the tools and give them the confidence to do these projects or manage their production area without dictating every individual step how to reach the goal. Of course, this does not mean that we can get fussy about the final outcome. In the end, we still have to reach our goals, which have clear performance metrics as an indicator. For my local colleagues, this is also important to understand, as you will not get the recognition from the German headquarter if you cannot support your results by the numbers and facts. Naturally, not everyone is built the same, and everyone has an individual way of doing things. Same here in China as it's in your home country. You should also take it, this into consideration when you bring your team to the next level. Also in China... Some things are managed differently than you might be used to it. 
as you're working in China, you should be at least be aware of the expectation of your team members based on their different cultural background. One of the keywords when talking about leadership, in my opinion, is authenticity. If you try to use a leadership style that is not in line with your personality, then people will recognize this very fast and they will not trust you. Let's dig into this a bit more. You came to China as an expat. You got a lot of responsibility and now you train people who can take responsibility. So what's your job yourself? If you assign so much responsibility to your team, what is your own job? What do you do? My role as a production manager is to bring in the strategy. How are we going to achieve our goals? Being the bridge to the headquarters, that's still an important role. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a lot of security for the organization back home to say that they have somebody in China they can talk to. And especially a young guy like you who's quite international and is really engaged with the Chinese team and, and is not playing us against them, but really being part of a big team. I really think you bring a lot of value to, to your organization. If people want to learn from you, what resources would you recommend to somebody wanting to start production in China? If you're getting sent to China from your home country by the headquarters, get in touch with the guys who are already there. Listen to them. What is the situation on site? Then, then you can prepare and bring your toolkit accordingly. Of course, there, there are also great resources. For example, like the website of the German Chamber of Commerce, where you can follow up on local trends, not only, but also in the area of production. You might be sometimes surprised which cutting-edge topics are already being developed here. For example, there's this great uh, smart factory project in Kunja. And also, the Chamber of Commerce has regular publications on new development zones in China, where you can check established or even new locations for many foreign companies. This could be even a possible employer if you plan to come to China. LinkedIn is an, another great source where you can follow up on discussions on current production trends in China and also get in contact with other professionals who are already here. In my experience, most of them are really happy to help if you contact them for advice. We also met on LinkedIn, I think, right, Tobias? Yes, right, right. And of course, there's the Flexbed podcast, great resource where you have a lot of experience in a very comprehensive and well-structured way. Such as your episode, so much insight today into production management. I think you're one of the few engineers we had here on the podcast. Lots of people talk about management about special marketing topics, sales, but I think it's really important to also get where you get your hands dirty to understand how do engineers get into a management position and how can they grow into leadership and what can they do after that. And this is so much to learn today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for being part of China Flexpot community. Visit our website at chinaflexpot.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Goodbye and zaijian.